I think he smokes too much weed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a tea she's injecting. Okay, okay. I don't see her as a real man. Whatever. Don't try to talk to me like you know what this is. Yeah, I know I might have symptoms that are familiar to you, but I got this. Thanks anyway. Don't let this eat me alive. I only can see this. So how the hell you gonna stop these voices in my head that got me awfully rocky? Do you copy? Traumatized much from homicide, what? Don't wanna flip up, mama, I must be the one that I trust. I ain't got no friend, I ain't got no grin. But I'm macho when I lock load and I block foes in. When I stop souls and I rock hold, I'ma drop those sins. In a box so slim, inside of my not close grin. My hurt, it goes deep. I serve and go weep. A vertical leap when you're alert in your sleep. Was a word of a treatment, somebody murdered more peace. Inside of my third, it's so bleak. Done so much dirt, I go leap to cheat. Don't let this eat me alive. I only can see this world from the inside. And I'm holding it inside. And I can cut you back and let me go. And nothing's making sense. And I have no patience for anything. So I'm going on every day. Somebody give me I'm impatiently waiting, can get in time to awake on Tech 9, challenge my mind, and then I got on my grind. I wrote up some rhymes, and now it's time to go get them. Every man, woman, gender neutral, state to state, and back to the future. Yeah, I was in the Navy, born and raised a lady. Jesus Christ, she saved me. A lot is who I'm praising. Y'all is so amazing. Yeah, I need a daily. Y'all know who said that. Tadashi and that lady. Yes, yeah, so I'm a spiritual dude, and guess what? I'm an intellectual too. And just cause I'm pansexual doesn't mean that I wanna lay next to you, dude. Go make me some coffee and roll me a blunt. I'm not here to confront. I just say what I want. If that bothers you, boo, well, you bother me too. I'm untraditional. Uninhibited, uncensored, and authentic. Don't you get it, or did you miss it? Don't let this eat me alive. I only can see this world from the inside. We're swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. 
District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Next, Women's Magazine with Global Val. Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
and welcome. I'm Global Val, and you're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. August 26th, coming into this late summer, these late summer days, long days, chilly mornings and fog in the city and the bay. Some warm afternoons. Some breezes that kind of scare some of the tourists sometimes, but we like it. This is San Francisco, and I'm happy to be here at Mutiny Radio down here in the Mission District. So I'd like to start the, today's show with a little bit of a riddle. What do... Going to volleyball games, covering your head at the beach, and going to the river to try to protect it have in common. They're all things right now that women are being arrested for and ticketed. Be right back. Magazine. That was a little music from the very cool international crew called Lost at Last. So I started today's show with a riddle, which is uh, 
what do uh, wearing the scarf to cover your head at the beach, uh, going to volleyball games, and uh, trying to protect your your water source have in common? And the answer was that um, women are being arrested and ticketed and harassed because of it, um, of these these uh, separate activities and in various places around the world. So I wanted to start with a story since we had uh, we just finished up the Olympics a couple like last week uh, was the was the closing ceremony of the 31st Olympiad. And I, I'm a bit of an Olympics junkie myself. Um, I, I get really excited to watch all the athletes. I get inspired mostly by the human potential. Um, of course, the the uh, American NBC coverage is atrocious. Um, they only focus on Americans. Uh, they don't they barely mention the other people who are in the race with Americans when they win. They don't show them in the full screen of the ceremony, of medal ceremonies. Um, there's terrible advertising that goes on in between. I mean, I could go on and on about that. But um, but I I love the Olympics. I love uh, the the athleticism uh, to see what humans are doing and what what humans are capable of doing. Um, so so I was watching um, for those two weeks during the Olympics and actually not once. Um, actually there was one commercial I saw, um, to talk about the, um, Syrian swimmer, the young, young woman, a teenager actually, who was on the first official Olympic refugee team. Um, there was only, there was no mention of her during the coverage. There was one, like I said, one little commercial with a reenactment of her, um, because she and her sister were fleeing from Syria and were on a raft leaving from Turkey going to Greece. There was a problem with the raft and these girls got off the raft and swam with the raft uh, to safety for about three hours. Um, so she was an, an athlete at the Olympics. Um, very excited to see her. I never saw her uh, in a race um, because I was watching only American coverage. Anyhow... I'm a little bit off point here, but um, one other thing that happened during the Olympics was there was a woman from Iran who was attending the men's volleyball games. Um, this was a really big deal for the for Iran to have their their volleyball team in the Olympics, and um, the problem is is that in Iran women are not allowed to go to the stadium to watch the games. Now, there was a ban. This hasn't always been this way, apparently. There was a ban that was put in place in 2012 um, where women have been barred from volleyball matches in Iran um, and have been arrested in attempts to enter stadiums. Iranian officials have claimed that mixed attendance at sports events is, quote, un-Islamic and threatens public order and exposes women to crude behavior. So, so this ban has been in place for the past four years. Uh, women are not allowed to go to their volleyball games. And so at the Olympics, being that it is a, um, the, the International Olympic, Olympic Committee has kind of made gender equality one of its central pillars, um, mandating access to sport for, for all, um, as both players and spectators, um, women were allowed to, Iranian women were allowed to see the volleyball games during the Olympics. So there was one woman who was there in watching the games, you know, decked out as a fan, um, holding a sign that, that said, um, let Iranian women enter their stadiums. Um, so during the Olympics, um, she went to a, a few of the games and she was confronted by Olympic officials for holding the sign um, and, and was basically told that you, you can't make this political statement here. Um, if you do it, if you continue to do this, we're going to ask you to leave. Um, so her, her response um, was that this is not a political statement. This is not a political issue. This, to me, is not about politics, it's about gender. Volleyball has always been about equality. Why are we not sending that same consistent message? Um, actually, that was the, um, pardon me, um, I was quoting the, the US volleyball uh, chairwoman, that was Lori Okimura, commenting on this issue. Um, 
So this woman continued to go to the volleyball games during the Olympics uh, to hold her sign, um, but she was definitely being watched and uh, warned. A little bit more uh, about this issue. Um, another article here. This, this article actually came out. It was a New York Times op-ed by Sulnaz Sharif that came out on the 17th of this month said, calling uh, Iranian women should not face arrest and threats for watching volleyball. And so in this article, uh, apparently in May, a 15-year-old Iranian girl defied the rules and dressed up as a boy to gain entrance into Azadi Stadium in Tehran. Now, Azadi is the word for freedom, if you see the irony there. Um, so this 15 year old girl dressed up as a boy went into freedom stadium in Tehran for the, for the, for the final of the, of the Iran's, uh, premier league soccer season. So this is not just volleyball, soccer. She was later threatened with arrest and even death. In July, women in Iran were promised that they could buy tickets to attend the international volleyball federation's world league matches. But as soon as the online sale commenced, a sold-out alert appeared. So I want to give a big shout-out to the uh, women who, of Iran who just want to get in there and be equal and watch uh, sports and watch their country's teams excel and the excitement and to share in that. Um, and actually, I've got a little video here. Um, I'm going to try to play this so that they can give us a little bit more from their own voices. This is uh, from Human Rights Watch. ...to go to stadiums to watch popular games like volleyball. The Iranian government has banned women and girls from volleyball tournament and has even arrested some for trying to get into stadiums. The International Volleyball Federation controls the sport around the world. They decide where the competitions take place and they oversee matches. Think of the FIVB as FIFA for volleyball. Last year, they organized the World Tournament in Tehran, but no women could buy tickets. And police were stationed to arrest them if they tried to enter Azadi Stadium. This violates International Volleyball Federation's own rule and Olympic Charter. It's blatant discrimination and brings shame to the game. Tell the FIVB, if women cannot go, then Iran can toast. Join this campaign. And that was from Human Rights Watch uh, video, letting people know that to get involved and contact the FIVB, the Federation, International Federation of Volleyball, and let them know if your hosts don't let everybody in, don't let them be your hosts. You're listening to Women's Magazine. We'll be right back.
Global Value, listening to Women's Magazine. Hoping to turn you on to uh, some things happening around the world, things affecting women, of course, as is the focus of this program. And I want to thank you for listening. Um, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be here at Mutiny Radio um, every Friday here in my hometown of San Francisco, exercising free speech and uh, supporting those who seek more freedoms around the world. Um, so uh, that was a little music from the Terry Disley Trio, by the way. Uh, they play here in San Francisco at the Burrit Room on Wednesday nights, last I checked. Uh, Terry Disley and his trio. So the next uh, part of the riddle from the beginning of the show of uh, what do going to volleyball games, covering yourself at the beach, and trying to uh, protect your water source have in common. And the answer was women are getting ticketed and arrested and harassed for doing so. So our next story comes to us from France. Now, I have a special place in my heart for France. Some of my ancestors were French. I lived in France for a little while. Uh, I studied there. I was a student there for four months. I studied the French language all through high school and through part of college. And, um, you know, I, it's historically been, you know, this kind of, you know, sister country to the United States and culturally we get so much from it and there's so much of it in our language um, words we don't even try to change because you know it just works so well um, so I definitely have a deep affinity to France and the French people um, but poor France has uh, or the, at least the, the citizens of, of France um, have been dealing with a lot of horrific events over the past few years, um, some of them taken in retaliation for French's, the, uh, the French government, the French military's um, actions and, and attitudes um, taken in, in different parts of the world and have played out in different ways. That's not my point today. Um, but I am looking at what the, what the French government, local government society is doing these days. So, um, you know, there have been some massive, uh, there was a big massive terrorist attack in Paris back in November of 2015, that coordinated effort of gunmen who were shooting people on the streets and in stadiums. And, oh, it was just this, this horrendous, horrendous massacre. And it, and it has changed the tone of, of Paris. And in that case, um, kind of made that attack a success because terrorism does aim to instill fear in society. And um, I guess you could check that box. I've been speaking to some French people more recently who are feeling, they feel more um, hesitant uh whether they're going to some sort of local event, um, a concert, whatever it may be. Um, maybe they don't hear from their loved ones at night. And so there's kind of a heightened sense of concern. And of course, we know that fear is a terrible driving force for anything. Um, and so that has been playing out in France by these new laws or these new bans um, that have been uh, being put into place. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with what a burkini is. I only learned about it about a year and a half ago. So think about a bikini, something one might wear to the beach, um, and a burqa, which is the, the cover, like the full body kind of coverall that many Islamic women wear cover their heads, cover their, you know, I mean, some are more extensive than others, not all covering the faces, but, you know, in some cases, anyhow. So, so there, there's this, there's this clothing item called a burkini, um, so that Muslim women can go to the beach <laughs> and still be covered up. So it basically kind of, if you ever, you can, you can Google it and find pictures. It kind of looks like a wetsuit with, you know, with the head part. It's a little bit lighter weight, um, but it definitely covers you kind of from head to toe. Um, so authorities in 15 towns in France have banned burkinis, citing public concern following recent terrorist attacks in the country. 
Uh, I'm going to read you a little bit from this article from The Guardian. Go, good old Guardian. Um, this is an article from the 23rd of August by Ben Quinn. Uh, and just a little background. Um, you know, Francis had... Culturally, it's been of a, a, a very... Con, uh, there's been a lot of tension within French society. Um, Post-colonialism um, kind of allowed a lot of the former pe people from former French colonies to become French citizens, um, to live in France. And so there, there has been this kind of cultural, kind of a culture war going on for quite some time about um, arguing over assimilation and saying that you know, a lot of these, a lot of people who have moved there from North Africa didn't, have not assimilated into French society. Um, the, there's a, a very right-wing faction in France that is very afraid of the Muslim population and kind of has been. So it's been this kind of growing tension for a long time. And actually several years ago, um, because France, you know, wants to be secular, a secular country, meaning not operating from any religious values um, or representing any religion, um, that there was a very controversial law that was debated for a few years and then ultimately passed, uh, where going to French public schools, no one was allowed to wear anything that was representative of their religion. So it was really an aim at girls wearing headscarves and thus clearly showing their Islamic faith. Um, but of course they had to kind of make this a big umbrella thing. So, you know, people could no longer wear like a necklace with, with the cross on it, um, or, a you know, Jewish, um, representation of clothing in any way. So they, so they banned that in schools several years ago in the name of secularism, uh, trying to make everybody equal, I guess. Um, anyhow, a very controversial move. So the fact that France and many of, many of these townships in France have now put bans on burkinis is not, you know, ultimately the biggest shocker. Um, it's kind of been a trend um, in, in that society. So um, let me read you a little bit from this uh, Guardian article. Photographs have emerged of armed French police confronting a woman on a beach and making her remove some of her clothing as part of a controversial ban on the burkini. Authorities in several French towns have implemented bans on the burkini, which covers the body and head, citing concerns about religious clothing in the wake of recent terrorist killings in the country. The images of police confronting the woman in Nice on Tuesday show at least four police officers all men, by the way, standing over a woman who was resting on the shore at the town's Promenade des Angles, des Anglais, the scene of last month's Bastille Day um, lorry attack. If lorry is a truck. This is a British newspaper, remember. Um, the guy uh, drove down uh, the promenade during Bastille Day, which is like their Independence Day celebrations, and, and ran over a a large number of people. Um, and of course they're, they're blaming it on, you know, some sort of Islamic state allegiance. Um, but there's actually been a lot of videos of neighbors and local bar barkeepers who said there's nothing, he, that was not an Islamic thing. That guy was drunk. He was always at the bar. He had a, he had a dispute with a friend and he, he's like, don't worry, you're going to hear about me someday. And he went off. And then next thing you know, he ended up being that murderous driver. So you know, definitely look more into that Bastille Day attack in July, July 14th. Um, so with this, so this interaction with police and this woman on, on the beach. Um, so after the police arrive, she appears to remove a blue long sleeve tunic, although one of the officers appears to take notes or issue an on the spot fine. Uh, the photographs emerged as a mother of two also told to, told on Tuesday how she had been fined on the beach in nearby Cairns wearing leggings, a tunic, and a headscarf. Her ticket, which was seen by the French news agency AFP, read that she was not wearing, quote, an outfit respecting good morals and secularism. Yeah. But string bikinis, you know, what, what, what does that mean? Respecting good morals. I don't know. I don't know. 
anyhow um so this woman this this other woman this mother of two goes on to uh tell her story she only gives her first name as siam uh, she's 34 years old and she said I was sitting on the beach with my family I was wearing a classic headscarf I had no intention of swimming um, a witness to the scene uh, Matilda Cousin confirmed the incident saying the saddest thing was that people were shouting go home some were applauding the police and her daughter was crying last week Nice became the latest French resort to ban the burkini Using language similar to the bans imposed earlier at other locations, the city barred clothing that, quote, overtly manifests adherence to a religion at a time when France and places of worship are targets of terrorist attacks. The Nice ban refers specifically to the truck attack in the city on the 14th of July, claimed that, which claimed 86 lives, as well as the murder 12 days later of a Catholic priest near the northern city of Rouen. Um... The ban by several towns will become will come before France's highest administrative court uh, on Thursday. So actually, that would have been yesterday. Better get the newest news. Um, it'll be coming in front of the administrative court, highest administrative court, following an appeal by the Human Rights League, which is a French NGO. It is challenging the decision by a lower court in Nice, which upheld the ban on the outfit um, by the town of Villeneuve-Hubert. Uh, Villeneuve-Lubert uh, is just west of Nice, was among the first of 15 towns to ban the burkini, triggering a fierce debate in France and elsewhere about the wearing of the full-body swimsuit, women's rights, and secularism. A Corsican mayor has also banned burkinis amid tensions on the island and violent clashes between villagers and three Muslim families. Skirmishes at a beach in the commune of Cisco earlier this month left four people injured and resulted in riot police being brought in to stop a crowd of 200 Corsicans marching into a housing estate with a high population of people of North African origin and shouting, this is our home. So, uh, definitely a women's rights issue, a human rights issue. And since when do men want, well, <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, since when do men want women to wear less clothes at the beach? What am I saying? <laughs> You're listening to Women's Magazine. You're listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val, Mutiny Radio, FM, San Francisco, and worldwide. Thanks for tuning in today. I've got a few more minutes here. And um, the last piece of the puzzle, uh, the other thing that women and men are getting arrested for, uh, shut out of, is protecting their water sources. I'm sp talking specifically about in North Dakota, um, where it, part of the, a large pipeline project called the Dakota Access Pipeline Project um, um, is, is, is purporting to, they're trying to build an access road so that they can get in and continue work um, to lay a pipeline um, which would carry oil um, from the Bakken fields, um, fracked oil, by the way, um, under the Missouri River. 
under the Missouri River. Um, it goes through uh, some Native American territory um, where they're where they're trying to uh, lay pipe under the Missouri River is just about a mile upstream um, from Native people's lands, which is uh, their life source, uh, their their water source, and and not just their water source, but uh, the Missouri River is is the freshwater source to millions of of Americans. Uh, all the way down from from North Dakota, all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, for the past couple of weeks, there's been a massive protest um, set up specifically up there in in North Dakota. Um, what are they calling it? The sacred? They call it it's the Sacred Stone Camp. And um, what's kind of unique about this particular gathering. Um, to protest this pipeline that they want to build there, that a private corporation w- had used eminent domain to get various uh, pieces of land to construct this project. Um, uh, what's interesting about this camp is that there are many, many tribes who are coming together for the first time in a generation. Um, they're performing native ceremonies, uh, prayer circles, um, these really beautiful, um, horseback riding ceremonies. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been, you know, there's, there's people of all ages, um, men, women, children, uh, they're all out there under nonviolent protest, and there is legal um, action being taken, uh, and the pipeline has currently been halted until the, there can be a hearing. The hearing was originally scheduled for the end of this month, and then it got pushed back until um, the first, I think, the second week of September, um, because it's violating also, it, it, there was not proper uh, consultation, environmental review, um, so it's definitely going to court before it all uh, gets done. Um, but the, the protesters are being kept at bay. Um, so I just recommend you, you check out what they're doing. Uh, they've got a website up called sacredstonecamp.org. Um, Stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, so it's a nonviolent, peaceful protest. People trying to protect their water for the future, for the present, um, and of course, uh, authorities like like sheriffs are, are you know spreading all sorts of uh, gray propaganda, claiming that people have pipe bombs and or shooting guns and all these things. And everyone at the protest is saying we don't do that. We're not doing that at all. Um, so of course, trying to uh, besmirch uh, these people who are out there defending the, the land, the water, and the future. So definitely check out what's going on at Sacred Stone Camp. Uh, I highly recommend that. And um, just to follow up on that, just to make another quick note, um, there's a group on Facebook um, that I recommend that you check out, and it's the Indigenous Women of the Americas Defenders of Mother Earth Treaty. Uh, It's a compact that was um, signed in September of 2015, and... Uh, the East Meadow on the Lenape territory of New York City and um, of Turtle Island. And there were two additional signings in December uh, in Paris. And there will be additional signings uh, to this Defenders of Mother Earth Treaty. And uh, if you go to the Indigenous Environmental Network, IEN earth.org um, you can read the full treaty there and maybe I'll just read you a little bit of it and then I'll let you go because uh, we've got about 10 more minutes here before the Common Thread Collective so the Indigenous Women of the Americas Defender of Mother Earth Treaty Compact 2015 for the 
for the purpose of perpetuating the friendship which heretofore existed, as also to remove all future cause of dissension as it respects responsibilities, trade, and friendship between indigenous women of the Americas. To further reestablish the undersigned desire to protect the territories, sovereignty, and peaceful lifeways of each indigenous nation within the natural laws and creative principles of Mother Earth and Father Sky, traditional headwomen have agreed to the following articles. As indigenous women of the Americas, we understand the responsibilities toward the sacred system of life given to us by the creator to protect the territorial integrity of Mother Earth and indigenous peoples. These responsibilities include the safety, health, and well-being of our children and those yet to come, as well as the children of all our non-human relatives, the seeds of the plants and those unseen, these responsibilities demand that we act to ensure healthy air, water, soil, seeds, and a safe climate so that life may continue. There are those who have forgotten that we live in a natural system with natural laws that govern that system, the laws of Mother Earth and Father Sky. These laws have been violated to such an extreme degree that the sacred system of life is now threatened and does not have the capacity for life to continue safely in the way in which it has existed for millions of years. We understand that violations of the laws of Mother Earth are also violations against women. We are inseparable. These violations have led to untold numbers of missing, murdered, raped, and enslaved women. The violations of these laws, these natural laws, have led to ocean acidification and warming, sea level rise, devastating fires, floods, extreme heat, cyclones, hurricanes, tornadoes, species extinction, because of what our species has done, Mother Earth has lost half of her species since 1960, epidemic rates of cancer and autoimmune diseases, the poisoning and privatization of fresh water in lakes, rivers, streams, and aquifers, as well as polluted air and soil. Additionally, genetically modified seeds and life forms have been created which threaten to destroy the sacred system of life that has taken millions of years to achieve its present state. We understand that the system of laws in many governments around the world have been crafted to support an economic and corporate system that is destroying the ability of life to exist in the manner in which it has existed for millennia. The economic system of the world has exploited and abused nature, pushing Mother Earth to her limits, so much that the system has accelerated dangerous and fundamental changes in the climate. Mother Earth is the source of life which needs to be protected, not a resource to be exploited and commodified as a natural capital. We are seeing the world expanding the commodification, financialization, and privatization of functions of Mother Earth that places a price on forests, air, soils, biodiversity, and nature, causing more inequality and destruction of nature and the environment. We cannot put the future of nature and humanity in the hands of financial speculative mechanisms like carbon trading and REDD. We understand that we do not have the time to change the system in the manner in which these systems are normally changed. We understand that we have run out of time. In light of these facts, we invite all women of the world to join us, your indigenous sisters of the Americas, to put a stop to the destruction we are drawing the line and saying that the harms stop here and now. No more fossil fuel infrastructure or extraction. No more genetically modified organisms. No more toxins in our water, soil, and air. And no more commodifying and privatizing of earth, air, water, soil, and natural systems. Mother Earth and her natural resources cannot sustain the consumption and production needs of this modern industrialized society. There are times in history when it becomes necessary for the people to rise up to change the intolerable. There is nothing more intolerable than the destruction of thousands of species, including our own. There have never been more unjust laws than the ones that exist now, which are allowing the destruction of the environment that we need to exist. For these reasons, we invite our sisters and their allies around the world to join us in teachings and nonviolent direct actions at all of the facilities and seats of power that are causing the destruction. We invite you to do this calmly, 
without malice, and with the love in your hearts for everything you hold dear. I'm going to stop there. I would like you to go on to the uh, Indigenous Environmental Network website and uh, continue reading um, the Indigenous Women of the Americas Defenders of Mother Earth Treaty Compact of 2015. I want to thank you very much for listening to Women's Magazine today. I hope you can take something away from it, um, and not just the negative things, but the, a lot of the positive things, the, just the awareness. Um, a lot of the themes that came up here in this uh, Indigenous Women of the Americas Treaty. Um, I mean, go plant a garden. You can make a garden in an area that's as big as your television. So. I'm going to let you go now. You've been listening. You've been, uh, thank you for listening. I'm Global Val. And remember, just when your aspirations seem totally outrageous, you know, like saving the earth, that inspiration is contagious. So get out there and do some good. Uh, also, one more announcement tomorrow, Saturday, is Women's Equality Day. How could I forget? Um, when the Women's Intercultural Network are having two events here in California, San Francisco and L.A. Go check it out at winaction.org and uh, see what's happening around uh, the state. Uh, people who are working towards uh, women's rights, equality, and ending discrimination. Peace, y'all. Thank you. 